Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, Ramiumptum Ruminations. My name is Scott, and I'm the host. Today's episode is called Joseph Smith's Theodicy. Thanks for coming back to listen to another episode. Today, we will continue the discussion of the problem of evil. And in this episode, we will focus specifically on the way Joseph Smith approached the problem of evil and suffering in the world around us. There are a few key ways that the LDS faith has a dramatically different view of evil and, and deity than mainstream Christianity. And now I know when I say Christianity, I know it's not a monolith. There are a lot of different sects and different varieties of belief, but but generally the um the differences and the shifts in theology that Joseph Smith put forward with the pre-mortal life and the plan of salvation, and then also with um with his ideas about creation, they fundamentally shift how the problem of evil is approached within LDS theology. So for those that are jumping into this partway through, episodes 81 and 82 also both covered this subject, the problem of evil, and then theodicies, which are um, explanations or rationalizations of trying to explain how evil can exist. For a very quick recap, if you're more interested, go back a couple of episodes and listen to those ones where I discuss the problem of evil or the logical problem of evil in more depth. Um, But I'll I'll briefly uh, re-summarize it here. The problem of evil is the first premise is if there is a God and he or she or they are all loving, all powerful and all benevolent. And the premise, too, is that evil exists or we can observe evil in the world around us. Then the conclusion that one would draw from this is that God does not exist because there seems to be a logical inconsistency between those two premises that God is all loving, all powerful and all knowing. And then that evil exists in the world, that those things are incompatible. A theodicy is a rationalization or an explanation of trying to explain how those, those ideas can coexist, how there can be evil in the world around us. and, And God can have those attributes that we mentioned. This is a debate that has gone on for a long time. Church fathers and philosophers have discussed this idea at length in so many different places. Last week, we discussed the theodicies in the Book of Mormon, and one of them that just is really uncomfortable for me. And this week, we're going to talk about some interesting shifts in the theology that fundamentally alter this problem of evil, or at least the premises of the problem of evil. In mainstream Christianity, again, it's not a monolith, so there's going to be other versions of this story as well, that the creation is ex nihilo, which means out of nothing, or that God created the world and the universe and everything that is from nothing. If that's the case, then agency was something that God gave to humanity, and that was the the fall of Adam and Eve 
was the first time that this agency was used in a way to to sin against God. And this moment, this act in the Garden of Eden is what ushered in evil into the world as we observe it. As I said, that's kind of mainstream Christianity's idea around good and evil and where it came into play in the world around us. There are problems with that. That's, you know, a subject that gets discussed quite a bit, but creation ex nihilo is not compatible with LDS theology. Joseph Smith was pretty explicit in a number of places and even in the Doctrine and Covenants where there are things that have always existed and will all exist and will always exist. So this ex nihilo or this out of nothing doesn't is not fully compatible with the way Joseph Smith presented his cosmology of the world around us. In Doctrine and Covenants 93 verse 23, it says this, You were also in the beginning with the Father, that which is spirit, even the spirit of truth. And then a little bit later, 29, it says, Man was also in the beginning with God. Intelligence or the light of truth was not created or made, neither indeed can be. I'm going to read a quote from the King Follett Discourse, and this is the, um, the version that I'm reading is the one from the Joseph Smith papers. And this starts um, about halfway through. It says, Now I ask all the learned men who hear me, why the learned men who are preaching salvation say that God created the heavens and the earth out of nothing? And the reason is they are unlearned. They account it blasphemy to contradict the idea. They will call you a fool. I know more than all the world put together, and the Holy Ghost within me comprehends more than all the world, and I will associate with it. The word create came from the word, I'm going to mispronounce this, Baurau. It does not mean so. It means to organize, the same as a man would organize a ship. Hence, we infer that God had materials to organize the world out of chaos, chaotic matter, which is element, and in which dwells all the glory. Element had an existence from the time he had. The pure principles of element are principles that can never be destroyed. They may be organized and reorganized, but not destroyed. So this goes right along with the concept that I was um, explaining a moment ago. Joseph Smith did not put forward the idea that God created the world ex nihilo. He is saying that there are elements and laws in the universe that are co-eternal with God, that existed, what he said, element had an existence from the time he had. And he, in this sentence, is referring to God. So he's saying that elements, that the elements of the universe are eternal in the same way that God is eternal. The implication of that would be that, that these laws of physics and these laws that govern the universe, this chaos that was organized by God to create the universe has always existed. This concept creates a very interesting out for the problem of evil that doesn't, that isn't there for mainstream Christianity. If there are chaotic elements to the universe that are co-eternal with God, then that is a premise that, that isn't, that doesn't exist in the, in the typical formulation of the logical problem of evil. And it creates an out for this problem. It offloads the responsibility of this evil from God onto these chaotic elements that have always existed. I'm, I'm going to say something here that may be a little bit more 
um, of my opinion than I typically do. The way I look at Joseph Smith is very complicated. On one hand, I know that he committed some pretty atrocious things during his life. But on the other hand, he seems to have a really good grasp of theology and of some of the problems of religion from his time. Joseph Smith, from my observation of the way he um, approaches theology, is he's not afraid to change his mind. But it's clear also that he's contemplating some really heavy issues and trying to address them in very logical ways. For all the problems and all the things that I really disagree with and I really have a hard time stomaching, he was a really good theologian. Whether you want to say that he created it all himself or he borrowed it from other people or it was directly inspired by God, there are some really fascinating things happening within the theology of Christianity as Joseph Smith is developing it. I want to read one more line a couple paragraphs, or like one paragraph later. Um, he, <laughs> you can go and read it yourself if you want to. Joseph in the King Follett discourse spends like a whole paragraph boasting about how much more he knows than other people. And then he finally makes his, his um, the statement that he's getting at. He says, and this is the, like the last sentence of the paragraph of, of boasting. And then the first sentence of the next one, he says, who told you that man did not exist in the manner upon the same principles? And this is him referring to the Bible. How does it read in the Hebrew? It don't say so in the Hebrew. It says God made man out of the earth and put into him Adam's spirit and so became a living body. The mind of man is, an immor is as immortal as God himself. I know that my testimony is true. Hence, when I talk to these mourners, what have they lost? They are only separated from their bodies for a short season. Their spirits existed co-equal with God, and they now exist in a place where they converse together the same as we do in the earth. It is logic to say that a spirit is immortal and yet have a beginning? Because if a spirit have a beginning, it will have an end. Good logic. I want to reason more on, on the spirit of man, for I am dwelling on the body of man, on the subject of the dead. I take my ring from my finger and liken it to the mind of a man, the immortal spirit, because it has no beginning. Suppose ye cut it in two, but as the Lord lives, there would be an end. What Joseph Smith is trying to say is that the spirits within humanity have existed since the beginning in some state or other, and that the creation was an organization of this chaos, this chaotic matter. There's, a, there's an excellent essay this is from, um, this is published by Brigham Young University Studies by David L. Paulson, and it's called Joseph Smith and the Problem of Evil. Um, Paulson here discusses the way John Hicks, a philosopher from the early 20th century, uh, discussed the problem of evil and um, how Hicks was able to um, rationalize it. And so what, what uh, Paulson here is doing, he's comparing the approach that Hicks had to the problem of evil with the approach that Joseph Smith had. And I think there's some really interesting similarities. One of the conclusions that Paulson makes that I really thought was fascinating is he, he reformulates the problem of evil based on the premises that Joseph Smith puts into it. And so I'll, I'll read to you what the way that Paulson is approaching this problem of evil. So here are the premises. One, God exists is omnipotent, omniscient, omniscient, and perfectly loving, 
and organized our world employing eternally existing structures. 2. Evil occurs. 3. Perfectly loving being prevents all the evil he can without thereby preventing some greater good or causing some greater evil. 4. An omnipotent being can do anything consistent with the nature with the natures of eternal existences. And then he says, from these premises, it does not follow that all evils are prevented. Rather, what does follow is a much more complex conclusion, something like this. And this is what he says. Hence, whatever evil occurs are given the natures of eternal existences, either unpreventable, absolutely, unpreventable by God, but not absolutely, unpreventable by God without thereby preventing some greater good or causing some greater evil. The case that he's making here, and, and I think he does a good job, and, and we'll, <laughs> I know my, that might, you know, make some of the listeners bristle. The case that he's making, and what Paulson does successfully, is that the premises are not logically incompatible. The way he has presented this, the way Joseph Smith has, has um, developed the cosmology of God existing forever, other elements and other spiritual beings existing forever, it creates a way out of this problem of evil. It makes the problem of evil logically consistent. Why does the addition that Joseph Smith has done here to the theology impact the way an LDS person might confront the problem of evil. The, the responses of free will and agency seem to adequately respond to the logical problem of evil. But this really only addresses evil, and I'll define it a little bit more clearly here, evil as a direct result of the agency of mankind. What this free will defense does not address is evil anything that you would describe as evil that is not directly attributed to the agency of a human being. Natural disasters, diseases, that sort of thing. Joseph Smith's formulation of the cosmology presents a chaotic element that does not exist in the traditional Christian model of the universe. If there are these elements that have existed co-eternally with God, that act on some laws that aren't understood by mankind, this is a way for someone within the LDS faith to offload the responsibility of that natural evil onto another supernatural entity, not God. Before the non-believing listeners get too upset, bear with me. Uh, I want to share an interesting exchange between two other philosophers that might make you reconsider this. And how I want to leave off the whole discussion on the problem of evil is based on this conclusion here, because it's going to change the subject and the way we approach this in the next episode. J.L. Mackey, a prominent atheist philosopher from Australia, um, passed away in 1981. He and another philosopher, Alvin Plantinga, uh, Alvin Plantinga proposed a free will defense of the problem of evil, similar to the ones that we've discussed in previous episodes, basically um, in order for God to create a world, a moral, a world that where moral goodness existed, 
evil also had to exist and the ability to choose was essential to that. And so again, this is like, we've been discussing some of these things and it's real similar to some of the other ones that we've, we've talked about in the previous episodes. So I'm not going to go too in depth. JL Mackey, he, his response to that was not that he agreed with him, but that basically the, the concession that Mackey makes in this is that as long as it's possible for God to have a morally sufficient reason to allow evil to exist, then this logical problem of evil does not disprove God. Mackey wrote a full response to this um, in a book called um, The Miracle of Theism. And he, br- he breaks down why he disagrees with many of these points, but the concession still holds that as long as there is as long as it's possible for God to have a reason to allow evil, then this logical problem of evil does not disprove the existence of God. Where I would go from there is it doesn't mean that the atheist philosopher, it does not mean that Mackey was saying he agreed with Plantinga's conclusions about God or that he believed in God just that as long as it was possible, this logical problem of evil did not disprove God. So if the logical problem of evil is not a tool to, that we can use to disprove the existence of God, I've said it a number of times, I think, in the, um, throughout the podcast, but the existence of God is not something you can prove or disprove. This problem of evil or this response it responds to the logical problem of evil. Is it possible for both a perfectly loving God to exist and for all of these evil things to exist? There's a couple of ways that people try to distinguish different types of arguments about the the logical problem of evil, inductive, evidentiary, deductive. The deductive version would be what we've been talking about, that the existence of evil is inconsistent with the existence of God, period. And that's what Plantiga was trying to defend. That's what I was referring to earlier. And then there's a more inductive version of this argument that, that makes the claim that the existence of God may be consistent with some evil, but there's simply too much evil, or there's evil of certain kinds that exist that, that make it inconsistent with a God's goodness. These arguments that we've been talking about, these theodicies, they typically only try to address the deductive version and not the inductive version of the argument. What more can we say on this subject? There's two more things that I want to cover for next week, and one is a fantastic book on the subject. Both of them are fantastic books on the subject. One of them is the Brothers Karamazov, and then maybe I'll end this also, I'll end this out as well as um, with reading some of the comments of some of the listeners on these episodes that we've been discussing, the problem of evil. Look forward to that next week. It's going to be a blast. Thank you so much for listening today. I know the subject matter of this one might might have been a little bit more dense than some of my episode, my other episodes. I think this subject is really fascinating. As ex-members of the church, as we're talking with our friends and family that might be believers, this problem of evil doesn't need to be presented as a way to force our believing friends and family to disbelieve, but more as a way to get them to think more critically about their relationship and the, with God and the reality of the world that they live in. 
And that is precisely going to be the subject of next week's episode as we discuss the book, The Brothers Karamazov. Wherever you find yourself out there, downloading the firmware to a Bluetooth adapter that just won't work no matter how many times you try to install the stupid thing. Yes, that happened to me just yesterday. I hope you have an excellent day. I did get it working, so don't worry. <laughs>